0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 45 of Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. Joining
1: us now, the star of the show, Bobby Blaze. What's happening, Bobby? So she says, for my next sexual fantasy, I'm just thinking. And I'm like, what the fuck does she want to do next? that my fucking foot up my ass? I don't know, but I'm sitting there going like, what the fuck? I mean, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting there with my dick in my hand. I don't even know anymore. Are we recording it, yeah, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been recording for several oh, minutes now. Yeah, yeah, hey, man. It's good to be here. I was just talking about this. Uh, never mind. uh I didn't know if we so anyway, it's five o'clock in the morning you got your dick in your head. I don't know what's next. I just say, What are you gonna do at that point, you know? Anyway, yeah, hey, it's good to be here with the professor Jeremy Vill- uh Vilmer and I'm Bobby Blaze and I don't know anything other than that. Other than we're gonna have a good fucking podcast oh. today this episode forty five Important Dates in pro Wrestling, Jeremy. Oh. <laughs>
0: oh god damn. Um Bobby, real quick, I'm just—I I don't want to overshare. I recently had a young lady over to my apartment for the first time. Oh, okay. And she, um, <laughs> she was uh, kind of just poking around through some shit in you know, different places. And she goes in the closet where right now I I don't really have a place to display a couple things. I've got a picture of you with your face split open at Sunday Bloody Sunday, uh, and my copy of the NWA title belt. And she looks at me. She goes, "What kind of kinky shit are you into?" <laughs>
1: Well, see, that's what I'd say. What are you going to do at that point? You got a fucking leather belt and a guy with a fucking busted up head. What does she think? I don't know. Like, hey, just... get the fuck out of their problem. Oh, yeah. we're stay. stay. Yeah, one of the two. Happily yeah. stay. Because stay. <laughs> if they like well, you. <laughs> exactly.
0: Women <laughs> will do damn near anything if they like you.
1: That's it. Yeah. That's it,
0: man. Oh, welcome uh, back, everybody. Welcome back, Bobby. We yes. are here <laughs> <laughs> barely keeping our shit together
1: right, for right.
0: episode 45 when we're going to cover 10 important dates in pro wrestling history. Um, yeah. one, one of the things that Bobby and I run into when we are researching topics for our shows is that when you search wrestling history, all you get is WWE shit. Wrestling is bigger than the WWE, but today we're going to cover a lot of the WWE's history. Yes. So we've got a little egg on our face.
1: Yeah. You got any shout outs or anything before we get started, Jeremy?
0: Again, just to all our regular listeners, our new listeners, everybody out there, we really appreciate your support so much. And I'm not going to start naming names because I'll leave somebody out. And, you know, I don't want to piss Adam off again. So uh, <laughs>
1: there you go. Yeah. yeah. I've just got one. I'm going to give a shout out to the Wide Men Can't Jump. Tim and Nate reached out. They got a really good the Wide Men Can't Jump. Jump podcast. Give them a listen if you can. They talk a lot about the NBA. They also do a freestyle, a freeform type uh, podcaster once in a while. I've been on it a few times. We're trying to work out a deal where, uh, and it's just kind of been a timing thing. Uh, they they really support our show. Uh, I appreciate that. And also, Nate's been trying to get me in touch with, uh, it, it's already been done. We just can't settle on a date. We're going to do a shoot interview of Dan Severin and myself over on their podcast. Oh, nice. So, so yeah, uh, that's been in the works for a while. We just, again, we've all been busy. Uh, the contact's been made, but that's just a quick shout out and hopefully maybe something off of that can come over and bleed into our podcast. Uh, Tim sent me a real nice message concerning that and they want to support our show a little bit. So, uh, I told him I'd just mention it to you and I just mentioned it to you. So that's my big shout out. And also thank you to all the great listeners we have out there and the great fans we have out
0: there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, and, uh, you know, the guys over at Wide Man Can't Jump have been really supportive of us. Matter of fact, Nate does our, our show closing for us.
1: Yes. Um,
0: also, yeah, if, if you guys are listening, of this, and you haven't seen Bobby's matches against Dan Severin, get over to YouTube and fucking check them out. They're pretty fucking outstanding. You guys, I mean, that was, that almost looks like it was three quarters of
1: a shoot match. The first one was about three-quarters of a shoot. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I could do to stay away from him and keep him off of me. His mind was still in fucking octagon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it, well, it shows, too, because you guys, like, I mean, you even feel each other out like it's a, like a, a UFC-style fight more than a wrestling match. Oh,
1: thank you. I'm glad you got yeah. that. And any, any great fan will get that. Any wrestling fan, don't have to be a great fan. Just any wrestling fan will understand, oh, yeah, that's they're actually... They're fucking working in there. They're wrestling. Yeah. You know, they're get they're getting after it. So thank you. Yeah, it was a great match. If
0: you haven't seen it, go check it out, Bobby. You guys did a hell of a job. I'm really looking forward when you make sure I know when this uh, when this interview happens. I definitely want to check that out. That's good I stuff. sure
1: will. I sure will. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's appreciate that support, guys. Appreciate it very much. That's my only uh, shout out I wanted to do. Well, uh, before we get started. Um, well, let's,
0: um, let's pay some bills real quick, then. Yep, and then, do uh, that. We'll get started. So, uh, guys, this, this show is sponsored by Bobby's Books. You know, Bobby's a former pro wrestler, but he's also an author. Probably more importantly <laughs> more importantly yes. these days. yeah. And uh, right now, you can get two of his books on Amazon, and you can also help out the show by buying them through these links that I'm going to throw at you now. tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. This will take you to his book, Pin Me, Pay Me. This is your first book out of a series of two, basically, that have been released so far. Yes, and, sir. And if you go to tinyurl dot com slash blaze book two you get his next book which is I like, kicked out onto the education of a wrestler great behind the scenes stories about a guy whose passion was 100% pro wrestling even fucked off a career in
1: teaching to go be a pro wrestler <laughs> well,
0: what are you going to do <laughs> well, yeah. well that's, that's the thing the heart wants what the heart wants you know
1: yeah actually I had two people this week told me they've, they've read my books uh, here in town and I'm surprised anyone in Ashland's read the fucking books to be honest with you because I just don't get a lot of feedback locally I get a lot of other feedback uh through social media, which mostly is on Twitter. You can follow me at Twitter and this isn't a cheap plug, but I'm going to throw it in there. Me at Bobby blaze, seven forty four. Jeremy at the Geekish cast on Twitter. And also our joint account, bell to bell blaze. Those are on Twitter. But I had a young lady this morning while I was having coffee who I used to work with years ago. And, and we've spoken several times in the last few years, just in passing. And uh, this morning she said, she asked me how my writing was going. Cause I've been working on some other things. And, and she said, you I ever tell you, I read your first book and it was actually really good. I was, uh, and then she told me some other, and I was like, Oh, you read it. Thank you for, for reading it. Thank you for telling me that. So anytime, and I had a guy, Jim, I was riding a bike and the got to Jim, told me, uh, he walked up to me. I hadn't seen him for a while. Uh, he's about your age, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I used to, you know, work in a school system for a while, uh, as mentioned. And, uh, he come up to me and start talking to me. I hadn't seen him and said, Hey, I, I read your book, man. And he said his neighbor gave it to him to read and uh, his neighbor actually was a guy I went to school with and graduated with. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. Tell him, Hey, and I'm glad you read my book. No matter how you got it. But here's the way you can get it for you or your loved one or someone you you know who you care about. Just go to one of those help sponsor the show and go to one of those fucking uh uh tiny URLs, you know, dot com, Blaze Book One or TinyURL dot com backslash blaze book two and get one and and hopefully you enjoy it. And and don't forget to leave a review, man. Leave a review for a podcast, uh, leave a review for my books. Uh just let us know how we're doing, you know. We like to hear that kind of feedback, man. I know I do. And I tell people leave me a review. All reviews are appreciated. I appreciate a fair and honest review. Mm-hmm. All reviews are appreciated. Of course, uh, you know, four star, five star, that's great. But, but if you feel like this is a two star or a three star book, leave me a three star. Just be honest with you. When I've had one review removed and it just said, basically it said Bobby Blaze sucks. Well, that's not a book review. That is it, not. I may suck. That may
0: be true. That has I nothing suck. to do with the book. <laughs>
1: exactly. And Amazon kindly removed that because it was not a book review. But, um, you know, Pin Me Pay Me has over 102 reviews and, uh, there's a, there's a couple. You can learn so much from a two or a three star review, but I had a guy leave a review that was three stars and this was early on and it's not someone I know and I read the review and I thought, man, I would buy this book in a heartbeat because his review was so kind. So I said, let me see what other stuff he's reviewed. He had reviewed four other products. And each of those products was a four or excuse me, a three star review out of the four. Other than my book, he had five reviews and four. One of them was for a Black and Decker blender. And I'm thinking that's that's top of the line shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But when I read the review on that, he gave it three stars. But the review was like, shit, I want to run out and buy this blender. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't take it real personally. He left me a three star review. This person just leaves good, solid, honest reviews, but to him, you better be a damn good whatever to get a four or five out of. Yeah. Well, you can learn so much from a four star, or excuse me, a three star review or a two star review, as long as it's fair and honest. If you like our podcast and people have given us five stars, that's great. If you think it's four because Bobby gets on our rambles about fucking reviews, leave a four. I still appreciate it. Now it's that. Let's get on with the fucking show. All right. That's enough of that.
0: God oh damn! All right, Bobby. So this week yes. we are doing ten important dates from pro wrestling history. Um, Now, some of these aren't going to be dates. I mean, some of them are kind of lost to antiquity. Ten, we'll start with this one. The formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. Almost all wrestling was independent from each other. Uh, There were no Official, officially recognized world champions or anything. The NWA came along and changed that. Founders uh, originally were Pinky George, Al Haft, Tony Stetcher, Harry Light, Orville Brown, Sam Muchnick, and Don Owen. Yes. And, uh, the, I'm glad you read that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And the NWA is 71 years old this year and is now owned by Billy Corgan. Yes. Uh, so, it has had a, a, a tumultuous and storied history. There was a time, and I, I hope it's coming again, when the the only world title out there was the NWA, the only one that was really worth it. Outside of that, everything was a promotional title. Uh, and
1: when I was growing up, that was the one. You know, uh, again, we're going to talk about some other companies and stuff. And we've all, we've done one on belts before, but to me, that was as a as a fan when I saw the NWA belt, that was the one that I thought was the real world heavyweight champion. Yeah. You know, no matter if I was watching uh, the Memphis wrestling, or uh, as I got a little bit older and caught up with some WWF at the time, to me, it was that NWA title. That was the title belt that meant something. And and so whether Funk had it or Race or Flair, or then Terry come along. And had it, you know, all you know, Dusty, that the people, and I've met so many of the NWA champions, you know, Dusty, and, and I, I, I kept track. It's changed a little bit through the years, of course, but I've met so many former NWA World Heavyweight Champions, and as a fan, that meant so much to me, and also as one of the wrestlers, going, "Oh my God, this is a belt you, you know, this is what you earned a business for to win that belt," mm-hmm. because it just meant something you know, to me as a young fan and also as a young man as I got older. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you pointing out how important that NWA heavyweight title belt was. Of course, they had tag team belts and, and light heavyweight belts, and, and they just, you know, really uh, monitored the entire wrestling industry as far as, you know, getting everyone together and getting an organization together. It's very pivotal point in professional wrestling, how they, how they uh, worked this, yes, you know. Uh, yeah. Part of the uh, wrestling program because, and I say this when an NWA champion, and I know we're not in a dispute between, you know, well, the WWF guy or G- uh, E guy, you know, he just does it within a promotion, uh, uh, you know, defends the belt. The MWA guys, those guys were on the road, you know, 300 times a year and they're defending yep. it for two and three in a row, two or three nights in a row against the same opponent. Then they might go to another town and they have to go and they're going. They're against guys from every damn territory, so they have to wrestle one style one night when they're in Florida they're wrestling another style when they're in Texas they're wrestling another style when they when they go up to to uh Indiana or Chicago or wherever you know, so they're wrestling all over the fucking United States a different style when they get to california mm-hmm. uh, but but to me that's what it meant because as a fan. They're defending that title, you know, traveling around. And that's not a dig towards any other belts or any other corporation or nothing like that. Just to me as a fan. That's what the NWA meant to me, that they had a belt and a champion that carried that belt, he was the man. Yeah, so.
0: Well and and the word world is on that title. And the NWA champion did Europe, Asia, America, Canada. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that belt went around the world
1: man, yeah. isn't that something that really anyway, is. That's, that's our number 10 and I think it's a great way to start off the show, man so, you want me to do number 9? Yeah,
0: let's do number 9.
1: This was a personal favorite of mine, number 9 was the First Arcade November 24th, 1983 Greensboro, North Carolina Flair for the Gold uh, we've talked about some of these matches before, uh, I think it was Closed Circuit, so it kind of off uh, set off the uh, Closed Circuit for pay-per-view type events, which yeah, we'll get to some of those in a minute, but mm-hmm. um, it was one of the early ones, that, the the mothership, you know, uh, Starcade, the, the first, you know, big brain child of Dusty, and they're still doing it to this day, you know, that's great. Uh, it's a little bit different style, of course, but yeah, you had Flair and Harley Race, uh, Piper and Valentine, and and anyway, I'll let you talk about a little bit more, Jeremy. No, uh, November 24th, 1983, Starcade, baby.
0: Well, as, as far as I remember, this was the first big mega show in pro wrestling. I mean, maybe there's one out there that I don't know of but this is the this is like everything after this comes from Starcade I believe the idea for WrestleMania was coming off of Starcade yes you know, they were trying to blow back on that a little bit so you know this is one of those things like fucking Dusty was a big dreamer you know yes and he didn't do anything small you know I mean he ate big meals and he, he had big dreams um, I bet you he drank beer by the 32 ounce cup, too. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Dusty did not. I mean, you can, you can say whatever you want about some of his bad habits and dusty finishes, this, that, and the other. The man did not dream small. He um, did shit, big or not at all. And this is one of those things, man. He had this idea. We're going to do this show and people are going to be able to watch it on closed circuit. Uh, you know, we're going to be able to air it pretty much around the world or, you know, at least across the country. Yep. And, uh, WrestleMania, I mean, it blueprinted off of this. So, yeah. An argument can be made that this day is important because without Starcade, there is no WrestleMania.
1: That's what I'm thinking, and that's why we put it on this list. And I, there's nothing I can add to that. That's awesome, Jeremy. That's why you're the fucking professor, man. Starcade, November 24th, 1983, from Greensboro, North Carolina. It was definitely something that changed uh, the dates and, and it, or changed the way things were seen and perceived in professional wrestling, and that's why it made our list at number nine. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Yep. So from that one, we'll go to number eight. Yes. Um I don't know maybe we should move this one up the list. I don't know. Number 8 is the founding of the Four Horsemen, the premier stable uh, in pro wrestling history.
1: Yes. And they are number one on our list in our premier stable of professional wrestling, man, a four-horseman. And that's the thing. you got – I'm going to let you tell what you want. I'm just going to say it was Saturday. <laughs> it was a Saturday in the fall of 1985 sometime. You just probably watch your TV, and uh, there's some champions. I'll let Jeremy tell you about that. But one of the champions, he said, not since the 4 Horsemen of the apocalypse. And he threw the 4 Horsemen sign. He just threw the four-fingers, rather. It wasn't 4 Horsemen sign at that point. It was just the four, and with nothing since the four, the apocalypse of the four horsemen. And he drops his hand. And when Arn does that, boom, the shit gets real. Mm-hmm. There's the, the, the formation of the four horsemen. What do we have in a four horseman, Jeremy? Who the fuck are we were talking about? Tell them. Well, the, the four
0: horsemen <laughs> was uh, the Andersons, only in Arn. Uh, mm. I, I don't even know. Did they, did, were they using the name the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, or did that drop off the generation? I think it
1: report? had dropped off a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. so. They yeah. had used it, but I think it had dropped off that point. Yeah.
0: So in K story. storyline. Line wise, Rick Flair was the cousins of the was a cousin of the Andersons, so that's how yes. he came in world champion. And on top of that, they threw in the the greatest sawed off little runt heel <laughs> yes. ever in the history of any fucking in the history of our sport, Bobby. Um, yes. But on top of that, they had James J. Dillon, who might have been the most shit sucking weasel <laughs> manager of 1985, right there. That guy. You wanted to slap your own TV screen when he was on there. <laughs> so the Four Horsemen was, you know, Ole and Arn, Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, managed by J.J. Dillon. They just were the best.
1: Yeah. And yeah. we could do a whole podcast, probably the four-horse. When, when you was telling me about that just now and telling our audience about that, think about this. We've had Tully, when you said saw it off front, if you're listening to this program and you talk about heel, you know and he's number one on our list for that podcast. You could do a whole thing on a four-horse. And then Arn, we've put him on two or three different lists mm-hmm. I know of. Flair was on our list for champions, you know, obviously. And then, of course, Manager, we had our top two or three, and, and we debated and, and did this. I think JJ was, like, number three on our, our time list, agreeable list with most of our fans and I think with you and I for number three if I'm not mistaken on that so we've got a, just on our podcast alone we could talk and talk and talk about the fucking four horsemen but that's the thing, you had these these guys that was basically training together traveling together, wrestling together and they're all fucking champions in their ring together mm-hmm. and, and just they lived the lifestyle, they lived and breathed that horseman fucking lifestyle for that time period man uh, and it, uh, here we are talking about it you know, 30 years later, 35 years later, it's it, the greatest stable, whatever you want to call it, ever in professional wrestling, a full horseman, man. And and we're talking November of 85, somewhere around that time. It could have been late October, early November. But when they flashed that sign. Yeah. Yeah. Boom! The champions all got together. Heavyweight champion, world heavyweight champion, tag world tag team champion, you know, U.S. champion. We got all the fucking gold, you know. They are well, they are the four horsemen. They're number eight. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: um, and and there's some ambiguity about what day the yeah. horsemen were founded because I mean, they were together as a group because time permitting, trying to get all four of those guys in an interview, they brought them up together. That could be considered the founding of the Horseman, the day yep. Arn flashed his fingers and used the name. I mean, that could be considered the day. So we we kind of chicken-shitted a little and just said, <laughs> <laughs> Fall of
1: 1985,
0: you know? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, yeah that's, that's a big date. I mean, I, I don't... And you're going to hear the collective sound of the entire southern part of the United <laughs> States <laughs> turning off their TVs at 6.05 on TV. I don't know. Was it even on at 6.05 or was it in the morning yes. back then? It was. Okay. Uh, it
1: was. It the- was. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, but, I'll take my version. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, we're going with Black Saturday, July fourteenth, nineteen 1984, the day Vince McMahon bought Georgia Championship Wrestling's air slot.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I was one of those fans in 1984 that was going to turn on my TV, because it was already on anyway, from, uh, you know, I'm going to watch WTBS, which is the super station. You know, I have Atlanta, Georgia, Ted Turner's, You know, Superstation, Channel 17, and I think it was our Channel 6 here, whatever your local cable provider, you know, and you're ready for Georgia Championship Wrestling. You're ready for the voice, Gordon Soley, who we've talked about Mm -hmm. on here. And and he's supposed to be, and he had a co-host back then, Freddie Miller. So you go to turn on, you're Saturday at six oh five. What do you get? You got Freddie Miller, but no Gordon Sully. The next thing you know, they're showing clips and highlights from I think the WWS USA show. They're showing house clips of uh, shows from like the Northeast and from Florida and somewhere else. You know, you know what the fuck is it? <laughs> you know where, where where's our Georgia Championship Wrestling? <laughs> you know where where the fuck is Tommy Wildfire? In? Where's Mister Wrestle Number Two? Where's Gordon Soly? Where's the the mass superstar, you, you know where the fuck's the real wrestling at? What the fuck is this? Arena reports? What the fuck? Get the fuck off my TV! Who do I call? Call your local cable provider and bitch. That's what you do. It was a fucking Black Saturday for sure in 1984, Jeremy. That's that. Go ahead, you tell me. I'm gonna spit out my uh, go. Well,
0: so obviously, you know, living in the West, it didn't have the same effect on me, but um, I do like. I like hearing you guys who were in the South when it happened, like because Jim Cornette, like you can hear when he talks about it too. You can hear his temper coming up, and. apparently TBS got a number of phone calls literally asking, where's my Gordon Sully wrestling?
1: There you go. (laughs) So,
0: it was the day that um, the entire South went, oh, turn turn that shit off.
1: Exactly. Oh. And we did.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It did not last long. Um, But, you know, here's the thing. So Vince McMahon bought that time slot, put on shitty show, and they got a million dollars for it. Um, Damn. Yeah. So, uh yeah, I mean, you know, you could call it a mistake, but it was a mistake that netted him a shit ton of money. There you go. And also got him uh James Barnett as a uh consultant for a long time and that exactly. was and that was the guy who could run wrestling. You yep. know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We need to talk about that some other time, probably. Yep. But, you know, there's this typical thing of, you know, stepping in a pile of shit and coming out smell like a rose, you know? That's it, man. So what are you going to do? It's Black Saturday, July 14th, 1984, That it made our list at number seven, oh. which is going to kind of go along with that. We kind of put this together time frame-wise. Uh it was, uh, number six is, uh, Ted Turner buys JCP. The date we had was November 21st, uh, 1988 is when Crockett Promotions got bought out by Ted Turner. And I, uh, Their abouts, I guess, if not immediately, changed the name to World Class or uh, uh, World Championship Wrestling. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's WCW, I guess it became known after that when on a regular basis, once uh, Turner bought out the, the JCP, the uh, Jim Crocker promotions, if you will. But uh, anyway, go ahead, Jeremy. Well, you know, six.
0: we're going to trace a lot of things back to this. But yeah, November of 1988. Uh, Ted Turner bought 65% of the controlling interest in Jim Crockett Promotions, uh, for $9 million. Yeah. Um, Man. you know, this is, you know, obviously back when wrestling was still making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing was that Ted Turner had always had wrestling on his TV stations. He was always going to. The Crockett yes. Promotion had gotten into financial trouble. And so Ted Turner bought the company. Uh, the the Crockett family kept a minority position. I believe they own the other thirty five percent of the company. I do. There's a story I love that Vince McMahon tells about Ted Turner calling him up. Uh, you know, hey hey Vince, I'm um, I'm in I'm in the wrestling business. And then he's all like, oh that's that's great, Ted, but I'm in the entertainment <laughs> business. And I'm thinking, you're saying this to the guy who created TBS, TNT, and CNN. You're more of an entertainment <laughs> business than he is. All right, Vince. <laughs> yeah. Know, fuck. Um but from this because he buys this company we we set the stage for the first black heavyweight champion in history. Yes. Uh what I would say is the temporary killing blow to the NWA when when WCW leaves the NWA that almost rendered yeah. it completely dead. Um, you got some weird things like where in the WCW, there was an NWA world champion and a WCW world champion at the same time on different people. I don't know why you wouldn't just give both belts to one guy and, and lend legitimacy that way. Yeah. A lot of things grow out of this. And, uh, you know, the WCW would stay in the NWA until 1993, so yeah. about about five years
1: Well, the one thing I want to say real quickly is Ted Turner was always going to have wrestling on his, you know, uh T V stations. That that that's what we went back to the other all these things tie in together. The way of course we're talking about professional wrestling here. We haven't even gotten into what we're gonna get into because you already used that fucking E word once. Mm -hmm. Uh we're gonna end up using it several times. You maybe heard me say it for the first time today or hear me say it. But yeah, this this when when Turner buys that and there's a lot of changes, a lot of things happen. And also another thing happened uh just from the boys perspective, a lot of guys uh what I will say a lot, I'll say this Several people started getting contracts at that point, mm-hmm. guaranteed money, and that changed wrestling, too. So that's a little bit something behind the scenes that – they started handing out contracts with a contract a lot of things I'm not going a big rant but I'm just going to tell you a lot of things change when people get a contract you have to work X amount of days well if you're not fucking scheduled you don't show up or if you're guaranteed that money and I'm not saying it happens because it could be in any sport I'm just saying sometimes you're like you know what I'm just going to take a fucking day off or I'm going to take a match off and you're not going to perform because your money's there mm-hmm. now I don't want to discredit anyone nothing like that. I'm not saying it happened or it didn't happen just a, just a lot of things can change as opposed to saying you know what if I go out here and bust my ass and put on a good show tonight and I get paid off that house I'm going to try even harder and I want to have the best match in the card. So it can work both ways but you know those contracts coming in professional wrestling with Turner handing out you know Turner Broadcasting Systems believe me I got a couple from FedEx every couple weeks and I I miss them believe me. I'm just saying Ted Turner's checks don't bounce and when these guys are out there busting their ass in the road and stuff and they start getting guaranteed money that changes things in professional wrestling too. So that's another important thing because that comes up uh, whether you're independent contractors or whether you're employee, and that's a whole another you know podcast probably, but but that's why it's so important that in November of 1988, when Turner bows out Crockett, just a lot of fucking things changed in the world of professional wrestling. Did I about sum it up, Jeremy? Uh,
0: I believe so. I mean that, that. Okay, good. Yeah, because that did really change how wrestling was. I mean, this yeah. this was a period. This was a period for wrestling that was kind of odd anyways because, like, this, shortly after this happens, WCCW folds into, um, you know, USWA yeah. with the AWA. I mean, just, this was a tumultuous yeah. time in pro wrestling, and um, this really set the stage for WCW versus WWF. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, because they were going to be the last two stand and not, I yeah. mean, not terribly long. You know, 13 yeah, years not- isn't terribly long after,
1: yeah. Nope. It's all for that time period, that cycle of wrestling we've talked about before. Um, Let's just take a quick plug here real quick for our YouTube channel. How about that? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Let me give us a rundown, number 10 through number 6, if you don't care, and I'm going to give us a quick plug. Number 10 on episode 45, the important dates in pro wrestling. we got the formation of the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, back in 1948, the first starcade back in 1983, the Four Horsemen in 1985, Black Saturday that you just heard about in 1984 and in 1988 Turner buys JCP uh, Jim Crockett Promotions and that's number six and real quickly just to shout out to Tex over there in our boiler room he's been busy putting out some really good YouTube videos you can visit the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze YouTube channel at tinyurl.com backslash BB BB video how's that Jeremy that's
0: fantastic and I hadn't checked on our YouTube page in a couple days it looks like Tex has uh, put up a Little tribute to Sunny. Yes,
1: uh, Sunny went up this week and I shouted it out a couple of times, man. She's hot, smoking hot. Mm-hmm. We've hit over 4,500 uh, subscribers to our channel at the, the uh, tinyurl.com BBBB video. But uh, not only that, the toughest guys, uh, legit badasses, Paul Orndorf has like 156,000 views. Ming or Haku, he has like 105,000 views now. Jean LaBelle has like 60,000 fucking views, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. And then the girls, I put up the last three. Uh, I put up your girl, Missy Hyatt, man.
0: Oh, Missy Hyatt.
1: She, she's getting about 500, I think. I could be wrong. And then Sunny just went up this week as well, and she's already got a few hundred. So give those things a view. Uh, and especially, you know, you hear Jerry he does a good job. Well, I'll let Jeremy tell you how Text does it. But the thing about it is, when you like the video and you subscribe to it, it helps the show out. We appreciate that very much. But also, that last minute, Tex always puts something like, a minute with Sonny, you yeah. know, and you're like, ooh. And you, for 60 seconds, guys, you can just let your mind wander.
0: Yeah, well, see, Tex has, Tex has a lot of free time, since we don't actually let him have a key to get out of the boiler room. Um,
1: <laughs> and how the fuck did he get that phone at one time? I don't ever know. I don't know. <laughs> I,
0: I, I had the contractors go in and rip that line out, so that's that shouldn't be happening again. <laughs> I'm just, uh, but Tex, what he does is, you know, he takes segments of the show, and at some point, I'm sure we're going to have to start doing YouTube-only bits for, you know, specifically for that page, but what Tex does is he takes parts of the show, slices them up, so that way, you know, like when we do a top ten, I'll take, like, whatever the number is, and He'll add in context and videos and things and, you know, and, and a time or two he's called me on some bullshit that I've stated as a fact that I probably shouldn't have or I didn't know exactly what I was talking about. But, you know, he, he puts it in context. I mean, me and Bobby record this. I listen to it a couple more times when I edit, and then I'm usually done with it. But when uh, Tex puts out a video because of the way he brings in context and outside information and things to highlight what we talk about, it's actually entertaining for me to go back and watch those again. Yeah, so it's they it's are. definitely worth checking out. Yeah, Yep.
1: that's good. That's good, man. That's good. Thank you, Tex, very much. Uh, we'll have you some lunch served down in the ballroom shortly. Shortly. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get ready to get into our top five, Jeremy. If you don't care. And uh, man I'm gonna tell you this number five as we lead up to it I just have a little bit of a story and uh, I'll let you introduce it then I'll tell you my story then we'll talk about the show itself. How's that?
0: Fantastic. So what we're gonna talk about here is some uh, is a family who really put their money where their mouth was. Um, Vince McMahon and Linda McMahon went into Hawk to do this. It's WrestleMania One. Uh, I believe, let me see here. What day was that? I lost it.
1: March 31st, 1985. Yeah,
0: at uh, Madison Square Garden, New York City. Uh, it was the first wrestling pay per view ever. It was only, only available in some areas because pay per view was not yet what it would become in a few years. It was also offered in closed circuit at different venues. Um, this was a big deal. I mean, it had big names like Mr. T, uh, just, you know, celebrities, Cindy Lauper yeah. was involved. I mean, it just, it was a big Liberace. deal. Liberace. <laughs>
1: that
0: that man knew how to carry a candelabra. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't. care. Kind of over, but I don't care. No. Uh, anyway, yeah. no. You know the thing about I wrote about that in my second book. You know I kicked out on two the education wrestling. I got a story called Train Ride. And then at I'm coming back from Baltimore, Maryland on March the 15th, 1985. And thing I remember about this is the two weeks to the show prior to the show. I remember all the hype and all the build up to that first mania. I was so I was wanting to be a wrestler so bad, but obviously I wasn't for another few years. But I was I just wanted to be, and I was like this event. It's going to be taking place. It really just changed the way things. The promotional packages that's put by that. I saw people on you know morning TV shows, late night TV shows. People, you know, your Hulk Hogan's, your Orndorff's, your Mr. T's, your Pipers, uh, your Sidney Loppers. Your, they're all doing these promos and, and your uh, your celebrities. We've already mentioned a couple, uh, uh, all that. And I'm on that train, and I'm thinking, oh man, I want to be a part of that one day in some way. You know, professional wrestling. And I still haven't used the E word, as you noticed. But anyway. Uh, there was another guy on the, the train ride, he was with his mom, but he's close to my age. And we was just talking about that, uh, you know, not the whole train ride, but just kind of like what me and Jeremy's talking about on our show. Just two fans, man. And then when it came out a couple weeks later, of course, I didn't have it on paper. per you I had to wait, you know, next day and then hear about it and read about it. And then, of course, magazines come out. Then your programs come out, you know, your whatever, the Monday night show and, and maybe the following week. But there was enough fucking publicity, man, The USA Today newspaper. Uh, man, it was just just one of those things that just changed the fucking face of wrestling, but I know with me, it just, that whole experience of that first Wrestlemania, the excitement, you can hear it when I'm telling the story, man, it's just, it, it just was there for that show, and it just changed the world of professional wrestling with the media coverage, uh, Jeremy's already mentioned the uh, the pay-per-views, the way they're done, and how they reach people around the world, that fucking March 31st, 1985, Wrestlemania won, that was a very important date in professional wrestling, in my opinion, and I guess the professors' opinion.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, this, this revolutionized pro wrestling. Um, what, if it started with Starcade or not, it doesn't really matter. Vince McMahon really used pay per view to dominate pro wrestling. <clears throat> it became, you know, uh, I mean, it eventually got to the point where it was every month, which is a little much. But when it started off, just a few shows throughout the year, it was fantastic because they they really were big event watches.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, anyway, any more things about number five, WrestleMania one? Uh, Gene Okerlund sang, uh, sang the was the Star Spangled Banner
0: at the beginning of the show because the singer didn't show up to do it.
1: Oh. Um,
0: the Iron Sheik and uh, uh, Nikita, or Nikolai Volkov won the tag titles from Mike Rotunda and Barry Windham. Okay, but of course they had to cheat to do it.
1: <laughs>
0: Win if you can, lose lose if you must, but always cheat. Always, there you go. You know. Um, you know, Mr. T was there and he pitied the fool. Yeah, just it was a big. It was just a big deal, and I forgot that uh, Volkoff and Sheik ever held the tag titles. Completely yeah. forgot
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, of course, you had a big main event blow off there. So, mm-hmm. anyway, if you haven't watched it, go back and fucking watch it. If you gave some spoiler alert, I don't know where the fuck you've been at for the last yeah. 35 years. I don't know. So, anyway, WrestleMania 1, uh, March 31st, 85, comes in as an important date. Let's move on to number four because things are starting to heat up a little bit here. Uh, number four on one of Turner's stations. Nitro debuts from the Mall of America, September fourth, nineteen ninety-five, and as Nitro comes on, it's the kickoff of the Monday Night Wars, man. uh Go, Jeremy's! I can tell you, wow. we could talk about this forever too. How it changed uh, when Turner says, "You know, I'm a wrestling." Cadel says, "Well, thank you, but I'm this kind of company." Well. Here comes wrestling, September 4th of 85, and now there's some competition out there against uh, Raw. Well, um,
0: to believe the story as it is told to us, somebody asked Eric Bischoff, What do we need to do to really take the fight to WWF? what, What do we need to do to compete? And keep in mind, WCW at this point was a distant second place. Yes. It was a distant second place. And Eric Bischoff tells, I guess it would be Turner, he tells Turner, put me on against them on Monday nights, which sounds like a bafflingly stupid thing to do. But they did it, and for 82 weeks, they kicked the shit out of the WWF. Um, and I I don't know if anybody ever saw that coming, but this this was September fourth, nineteen ninety five was the first episode of Nitro to air. Yeah, up against the WWF's Monday Night Raw. Um, that's that's a big deal because it the Monday Night Wars grew out of this. Yeah, WCW overtaking WWF as the premier wrestling company in the country grows out of this. Eric Bischoff's ego ballooned up 10 sizes of its own gigantic size already <laughs> because of this show. Bobby, you got anything to add?
1: Oh, man. You know, we could just go on and on yeah. about, you know, uh, matches that took place and this and that. But, no, it just it really what it, the main thing is, is I don't think anyone saw it coming that, you know what, this, this little Southern wrestling company, you know, all of a sudden now is giving the WWF at the time competition. And that makes things people are competing for contracts. People are competing for eyes on the fucking TV tube. Uh, that's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, we're no longer a wrestling company. We're a fucking television company comes in there and mm-hmm. we're competing. And uh, the only thing I'm going to say is that because I get I'm not going to ramble about the matches. and that cause we got some other stuff to discuss on down the line here about some of that, but. I was fortunate enough to be a part of that. I was there under contract with Turner Sports for three years uh, and you know, I was at a lot of those nitros, whether I was backstage, I, you know, got to build a couple of those. Uh, I was as a I was at so many of them. I was at one of the very first ones in Knoxville. Uh, it was shortly after Smoky Mountain shut down. I was like, you know, I went down, talked to him, hung out in the back and like, you just saw something coming. But at that point, I'll say this, you know, to, to show you that people didn't think it's coming in Knoxville. I think they had less than 500 people, you know, paid attendance, but that the cable company sent out fucking free tickets to like 20,000. People or something you can fact check. It out, I don't know how many, maybe ten thousand to fill up the arena for this new show. And uh, the next thing you know, they're fucking selling out. You know, at first they go from giving out tickets like, like in Knoxville, for example, and I'm sure he did other places around the country giving out tickets to get asses in the seats for this for this new Monday Nitro to where they went to the bigger arena like uh, uh, Thompson Bowling Arena in Knoxville. To they're fucking selling it out. You know, within mm-hmm. a, within a year or so, they don't have to give you more fucking tickets away. And then they're doing a monthly pay per view based off of that I mean you know it's it it was just a uh, it was the Monday night Wars and, and what it created was so much off that you had two shows on Monday I know like 98 I've said this before uh, five uh, out of the ten cable show top TV TV Cable shows with professional wrestling, you had, we're talking about Raw and Nitro here. They had Thunder, and uh, SmackDown came out after that. Then you had your Saturday, you know, your Superstars. Then you had your Worldwide, and you also had your Saturday Night. That's seven fucking programs right there, and five of those in the top ten of what people are watching in the United States of America, man. And on those Monday nights... People were fucking glued to a fucking TV set, and they was either watching Monday Night Raw, or they was watching Monday Nitro, or they was flipping a fucking channel between the two. So, anyway, yeah, that was... Uh September 4th, 1995, Nitro debuts, kicking off the Monday Night Wars, and boom, there's that, Jeremy.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that, well, that was a huge deal. It, it, yeah. Everything that grew out of the Monday Night Wars is everything you think of now when you think of the glory days of pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, and it's it's one of those things you can see now, you get some idea. When the WWF doesn't have competition, they rest on their laurels. When they've got competition, they get all sorts of creative and interesting um, you know, that era proved it because the WWE, WWF back then, before Nitro became a big deal, kind of sucked pretty badly. Yeah. If, if you go back and think about it, it was a low point in their uh, creative history. And you just look at the last 20 years to see what they've done without any direct competition, rested on their laurels again. Yeah. So uh, there you go. We can all thank Eric Bischoff for making
1: <laughs>
0: oh, Okay. That's okay. enough of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, how about this? Let's get this in before we get to our top 3. Jeremy, yes. how about Prime? Do you like
0: Amazon Prime? I love Amazon Prime. Uh, I, I, you know, Bobby, I recently my wife and I split up and I had to move into a, a different living facility okay. and uh, I used Amazon Prime to
1: buy most of my furniture. There you go. Okay. And if you are a listener of this show, you can try Prime for free for 30 days. You can get a trial Just go to tinyurl.com backslash Prime. Put it in there. It's not going to cost you a dime. Just give it a trial, a 30-day trial. See if you like it, because I I guarantee it you'll like it. Also, the show gets a little bit of kickback out of it. On Jeremy's end, we want to get him some fucking furniture, man. Get him a new futon. He might have a girl coming over, man. Get him a big lazy boy or something. You know, I don't know. Uh, But we get a small (laughs) kickback. Just use the tinyurl.com backslash Prime. They've got a lot. A lot of streaming on there, a streaming service. You can get shipping now. They've got in some select areas overnight fucking free shipping. Next day fucking free shipping if you order something. I order movies and I order socks. Uh, you know, I'll, if I order something else, I'll let you know. But anyway, style my fucking underwear drawer, people, and just go to tinyrail.com dot com backslash bb try prime. Help Jeremy get some fucking furniture. That's, That's right. All I can tell you.
0: Well, you know, also. Um For anybody who knows me, you know I love horror movies. And the cheaper, the better. That's really how (laughs) I feel about it. I have come across some gems hiding out on Amazon Prime in their their free-to-watch area where you don't have to buy them. They're included with your subscription. Uh, One of my favorites, it's called I, I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker. I've interviewed one of the creators um, it's about the descendants of uh, the Harkers from Dracula having to fight a vampire again in the modern era when they're a bunch of losers in their hometown. It, it's wow, a fucking hilarious movie! Um, <laughs> I also discovered this thing called Transylvania TV. It's a it's a Muppet show basically about these monsters that run a TV station in the Carpathian Mountains in Transylvania. Uh, uh. It is. Funny, it's not for kids. Do not do not let the <laughs> do not let the puppets fool you. Uh, do not watch this with your children, but do watch it because it is a damn funny show. It's available on there as well.
1: I will have to check it out. Yeah. I've already got my Prime, but if you don't, just use tinyurl.com backslash bb try Prime, get your thirty day trial free, folks, and help kick back on some show a little bit. With that said, we're going to move into our top three. I'm going to let Jeremy talk a little bit about this because he's got a good thing about it. How we tied this together. Uh, I'm going to announce it. I'll let jeremy fill it in it was july 7th 1996 is what we kind of were shooting for on a date but there's a little bit of backstory to that and that is the outsiders come on wcw world championship wrestling there's an nwa formation i'll let jeremy go over there outsiders nwo uh go jeremy
0: all right well so yeah leading up to this event this was bash at the beach july 7th 1996 it was supposed to be three WCW guys versus three NWO, but they were just calling them outsiders at the time, I believe. Uh, who we knew was Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, but they had a third mystery partner coming. And I believe Team WCW was it was Sting, Macho Man, and Hogan, right? I think so. Yeah. But Hogan no-showed, too. Mm. So, we have Nash and Hall versus Sting and Mach, and, uh, you know, things are going pretty bad for our, our, our heroes from WCW, and then here comes Hulk Hogan. He's here to save the day, right? No. He gets to the ring, he leg-drops Macho Man, and goes heel. July 7, 1996, the NWO is formed. Hogan, Nash, Hall. And for the first time in 20-some-odd years, Hulk Hogan is a villain, and... Mm a bigger villain had never been seen at this moment you could actually watch the crowd shit their pants when this happened
1: man so we go from one of the WrestleManias Hulk Hogan the biggest baby face in the history of fucking professional wrestling ever changed the face of fucking professional wrestling on the WrestleMania we just previously talked about spoke about and now here comes all the little fucking Hulkamaniacs taking your fucking vitamins believing in this guy for 25 fucking years or whatever and you're you're sitting there watching and you're thinking he's going to come down and Save the day for the the WWF or for the the guy whatever save WCW we should say yeah from WWF and here he comes Hulk Hogan Hollywood Hogan turns fucking heel man changes colors uh, from the you know the fucking uh, red and yellow and now he's all black and he drop oh you know it's one of those things. Hulk Hogan turning heel, it just broke all those fucking maniac little fucking hearts. And I'm going to tell you, the creative genius behind that, someone telling, hey, this is just a suggestion. You think you're over now and you really want to fucking get over? Turn fucking heel. And you know who was hardly, hardly responsible for that besides Hulk Hogan? It took the convincing and a creative mind and the tremendous fucking brain power of Kevin Sullivan. There you go, Kevin Sullivan helped put this shit together, folks, and man, had a great brain, great mind for the wrestling business, and if it took anyone to convince Hogan, no, you think you're a fucking babyface, wait till you turn heel, and man, did things fucking change after July seventh nineteen ninety six Jeremy Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Big deal.
0: Huge deal. I don't I don't know that there's ever been a heel turn bigger than that. I, I don't see how there could be.
1: I don't <laughs> see how there could be either. I think and, you're right.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is, the NWO was probably the first thing that really made wrestling cool. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like cuz yeah. like, you know, you saw a few people like wear a wrestling t-shirt here and there, but when yeah. the NWO hit, you saw everybody wearing an NWO shirt. Yeah. Everywhere you went, you saw that goddamn
1: NWO logo on every Sure did, man. You sure did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Merchandise. Merch, yeah. merch, merch, merch. <laughs> well,
0: that's the thing. It kind of turned wrestling into a merch company more than a wrestling company.
1: Yeah. And that goes back to what we said previously, too. There again, it takes the competition. The WWF has to fucking do something because, you know, when one of their biggest stars, biggest babyface in the history of the business is over there on their fucking. You know, their company, and it's a new world order. I mean, it's a fucking, think about that. That's apocalyptic right there. New world fucking order, man. And them guys, hey, it makes competition. The merchandise, these guys, you talk about getting over They just fucking got over. So, man, well, that Bash of the Beach of 96, July 7th, 96. I don't think there could have been a bigger baby face in the business, and there couldn't have been a bigger heel turn in the business, and you're talking about the same person. That's Hulk Hogan doing that. That's a great fucking number three it kind of makes me wonder where we'll go off number two and one well, but i'm sure we'll get there <laughs> well number two
0: okay so number two actually happened during a period where i had quit watching wrestling i i get to work one tuesday morning and i hear holy shit did you watch nitro last night And I'm, no he goes shane mcmahon was on nitro last night
1: <laughs> uh yeah big date here March 26, 2001. I was actually one of those fucking people I was still watching then. I was still wrestling pretty much. I just uh, took an after-school job doing some things back in 2001. But um, anyway, I had just come off the road of 10 years of wrestling from 91 through 2001. And um, I sit there watching my TV, and I'm watching Nitro, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because, uh, you know, I, Vince McMahon had bought, I guess, the WCW for pennies on a dollar, and you're going, what the fuck? And then Shane McMahon's on there saying, I bought, you know, the kayfabe thing, you know, the Nitro kayfabe. I bought fucking Nitro, and I'm now the owner or whatever. You're like, oh shit, this is. There's no more competition. Uh, you can go back to what we talked about earlier to Monday Night Wars and how all this, you know, creative mind of Eric G, uh, uh, Bischoff saying this and the ego blasting out and them kicking her ass for all these weeks and stuff. And then finally, in the end, who comes out? Vince fucking Kenny McMahon, <laughs> he wins the war. Yep. He buys the fucking competition. That's a big fucking moment in professional wrestling because once it did, you didn't beat the competition. You killed them, you crushed them, and you you bought them out. Yep. Like, you know what? Now, if a couple of you motherfuckers want to come over here and get on our program, you're welcome to because I'm the only game in town, cocksuckers. Jump on board. Yeah. You know? But <laughs> there it is with Shane coming on to kayfabe. Uh, everyone, hey, I bought – and Nitro, and uh, well, anyway, that's my rant because I want to get the number one. But you can go ahead and film me in. anything else you want to about number two before we jump to number one.
0: Oh, it's <laughs> I just it was such a big deal. I mean, yeah, they they bought WCW. Here's here's so many things about this just kind of irk me. <laughs> so at the time, AOL had just bought Time Warner, AOL did not want any wrestling on, on their TV anymore, so that means no wrestling on any Turner uh, channel anymore. Eric Bischoff was trying to buy WCW when he was told hey, by the way, you don't have a TV contract so you're just buying you're just buying the contracted wrestlers and no way no TV time or anything yeah, so okay, well, that's not gonna work Vince McMahon actually buys wCW if I remember correctly, he buys it. On a payment plan, so he buys them with their own money
1: oh shit <laughs> if, if if
0: i if I remember correctly, he basically buys them with their own money um, so you know he runs their product he gets he gets all the contracts and fire whoever the fuck he wants. Um, you know, all this shit and, uh, yeah. And the, the, us, the fans, we were left in a 20 year glut with no, no, (laughs) no real competition. Well, not quite 20 years. I mean, ROH and some other stuff is kind of crested and fallen and TNA had a good couple months here and there, but. It really was McMahon and all McMahon all the time. Period, yep. and uh, that changed everything again. I mean, you know, there, we should have actually had a, a special mention for the day that VKM bought the comp- his company from his dad, because mm, that yeah. was the day that wrestling changed permanently. He he literally he looked around and he said, "Okay, well, I'm going to shit on the old way of doing everything, and uh, everything's going my way from now on, kids."
1: Yeah. <laughs> Because back in the day at WWF was a part of the NWA where we started our show at. And then it goes to McMahon to where he says, I'm going to do it my way kind of thing. And along the way, that's a great. We should have maybe brought that data when Vincent Kenny McMahon bought the company from his dad. Because it's going to take us to our number one. Because when you're the king, <laughs> if we're going to call this day number one, Jeremy. What is number one? Because I'm getting ready to fix and go off here in a minute. All right. <laughs>
0: so number one. and we, we even came up. Put the title for it. Yeah, it's the day that kayfabe died. It ah, was, yeah, February tenth. Oh no, obviously the day the article came out, February tenth, yeah. nineteen eighty nine. Bobby, yeah. tell them what happened that day.
1: Okay, so about thirty years ago or so, uh McMahon says that pro wrestling. <clears throat> excuse me, Vince McMahon says, <sighs> uh, working up. Vince says wrestling is. <clears throat> Anyway, uh, from the New York Times, this is an article from David Fix and Pan from Deadspin Magazine, because I hate to say that word, 30 years ago, the WWE admitted it wasn't a sport because they was trying to dodge re- regulation. So this is from New York Times, February tenth, 1980. Now it can be told, those pro-wrestlers are just having fun. The article centered around how spokesmen for the World Wrestling Federation had testified before the New Jersey State Senate that pro-wrestling was strictly <clears throat> a performance instead of competition, with the goal of deregulating wrestling in the state. Blah 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 blah. And as we know, you know, they didn't want to pay taxes on this, and they want to pay taxes on that, and um, they they wanted to be deregulated. Uh, you know that that we have skilled athletes, but you know what? We're also like the Harlem Globetrotters. We're just providing. <clears throat> Jeremy, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: the, the word the word he keeps stumbling over here is entertainment. Um,
1: yes, we are here to entertain you, and that's what the WWF done probably better than anything other than anyone else in the world. When the World Wrestling Federation, and there's a date on that because you can go up and look all your top fucking fifty dates in wrestling. You can go with Jeremy start a show about WWF when you or WWE every time you look up something, and it all comes down to they've taken over the fucking world. They went from federation to world wrestling. Folks is right there in the fucking title. Entertainment, there, Jeremy. I said it. Yep. Uh,
0: Damn, yeah, yeah. They got scooped threw up a little bit in my mouth. Yeah, oh, shit. Fuck. We're probably, anyway, gonna, probably gonna have to call the... him an ambulance at this rate. Um, oh God, don't talk like that. Yeah, Bobby, oh, I, Bobby, yeah. I kind, I kind of need you to sit down and maybe take a breath because uh, yeah. you're getting a little
1: spun out here, little buddy. Well, um, it's also getting close to fucking beer thirty on my time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I might have to have a beer or two after that because that was hard for me to spit out. But mm-hmm. I got it out there, man. And I think our number one, the day cave fave died that's what we called it but when Vince said you know hey we're just we're just entertainment you know and um, that's something people knew for years and you still know it now but you know what I hope people do I hope people still watch professional wrestling and I don't care who you get it from I hope you watch it and are a fan of it I hope you're a fan of this fucking show this podcast Professor Jeremy Villers, Vilmer, I got a friend named Jeremy Villers, too. Jeremy Vilmer, the Mm -hmm, professor mm -hmm. over there, you have brought us some great facts to this show. I appreciate you. I appreciate the Silver Scorpion. I appreciate everyone that's a fan of professional wrestling. But when it's all said and done, at the end of the night, I hope everyone has at least been entertained. Are you not entertained? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know what they
0: should have done, man? Dr. D. David Schultz should have been in that, uh, that trial room when they admitted that because he would have just gone over and John Stossel them all in the head, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then it wouldn't have been, uh, this day wouldn't have came because, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, Thirty I mean, years later, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I think we had a good show. I hope I, you like this, guys. If you're out there, Nate's gonna come on and give us a little closing. But I'm gonna tell you, go follow Jeremy on Twitter at the Geekcast. Follow me at Bobby Blaze 744. Follow our joint account at Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter. Go visit the YouTube channel, uh, the Bell to Bell Blaze podcast channel. There's a Facebook group out there. Just whatever, you know what? Give us some feedback. Use the hashtag BBBB. Give us your top fucking ten uh, you know this this came off a huge list man that Jeremy and I start working with some things get more credit than others and we just start going with it run with it but we do want to hear back from the fans we've mentioned reviews earlier and I'm sitting there telling you right now if you want to hit us up on Twitter saying Bobby that was a great number one that's fine if you say what uh, Bobby your number one sucked Jeremy your number one sucked I think this is number one you know what I'd like to hear about it I really would because that gives us more topics we would probably come up with three more podcasts based off his one podcast that we've just spoken about, things that we can talk about. And we get a lot of that from our listeners and our fans and we appreciate it. And Jeremy, I'm gonna shut up and let you finish this up, brother.
0: Well it's uh no that's absolutely true. Um, you know, we we do hope that you come to us and at least walk away entertained. You know, guys, if you disagree with us, feel free to say so because we are very responsive to uh, to our our Twitter accounts and everything. So you disagree, you want to call us shit sucking heels, whatever you want to do, let us know. We'll respond. We're yeah. we're, not, we're not afraid, you know. And fuck it, you know what? I've been wrong a lot. I've probably been wrong more this morning than most other people will be all day. So you know, <laughs> damn. Yeah, it's it's okay. I am not afraid. <laughs> it does not bother me. Um, Bobby, hey, thank you for joining me. It's always fun when we get together and record these yes. shows. Um, you know. Thank Thank you to everybody, all our fans at home for listening. We do appreciate that. Tex, um, we'll, we'll get some food and water down to you pretty quickly here. So just hang in. You're, you're going to be okay. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you, but it's been your pleasure to listen this week to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Bye-bye, everybody.
2: Thanks for listening to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. You can follow the show on Twitter at bell to Bell bellblaze You can also follow Bobby on Twitter at BobbyBlaze744 and Jeremy on Twitter at The TheGeekishCast. To purchase one of Bobby's books, you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 to purchase Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots, Will Travel. And you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook2 to get I kicked out on two the education of a wrestler. To donate to the show's podcast hosting fees, you can visit gofundme.com slash bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. Be sure to include a hyphen in every word in bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. If you follow and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Please leave a five-star review. Be sure to share the show with any wrestling fan you may know and get on the Facebook page where you can keep up with bell-to-bell fans just like you. Again, thanks for listening to the program and look for the show again next time.